0: Welcome look, 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 look. look. Thank you for listening to Spooky Natural. I'm Nate and I'm here with my co-host, Lee. Hello. There we are, we got it right at that time. I, uh, we tried doing that a minute ago and I, I totally forgot my wonderful co-host's name. Um, yeah, makes yes. you
1: feel loved.
0: <laughs> um, again, thank you for listening. If you are tuning in for the first time, you've joined at a good time because this is the movie what do we call it? Movie club? Movie club, yeah. Movie club episode. (laughs) Um, And... So just to
1: be clear, you've forgotten my name and the title <laughs> of the episode. It's been, it's
0: been a long day. It's been a long day. Um, so, yeah, this is uh, this is and Natural. Uh, that's Lee. I'm Nate. This is Movies. Um, and, yeah, once a month we talk about movies based on uh, true events, steering away from our normal topics. Um, and I have absolutely no fucking idea what we're doing because it is led by my co-host, Lee. Uh, so... This is always an awkward bit for me. I guess I'll just pass over to you.
1: Yeah, yeah. Mm. Your co-host, Lee. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so this month I have chosen the 2014 uh, movie Deliver Us From Evil, which we watched together.
0: We did, and I can't remember it, so this will be a venture into uh, into <laughs> the story for both me and the uh, and the listeners. It's not the one with the, it, it locks the, Locks the devil behind a door? No.
1: No, that's the... I trap the devil, I think.
0: Yeah, that that would make a lot more sense, wouldn't it? Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, nay, lucky for you, I have a little synopsis recap of the film. As always, what, so, what do I do uh, with you? I know. It is really just for you and not for the listener, because <laughs> it's you that never remembers. Yes. And sometimes you will recommend films that I recommended to you that we've already watched together.
0: (laughs) It's become a running joke at this point now, though, because I I, I know, because at first it it wasn't a joke at all, and I I 100%, (laughs) what film was it that you got really pissed off about? Um,
1: Oh, it's one on Netflix about uh, that couple... The woman is a carer for the old guy and they found loads of money in his house.
0: Yes, yes. I just can't remember the name of it. That was it. You recommended it and then it was like probably I it wasn't even it wasn't even a week later, it must have been like a couple of days later. I'm like, Oh, this sounds really good. You should definitely watch this, and you're like, Are You fucking serious?
1: <laughs> no, we watched it together and then your mum said to you, Oh, you should watch this, and oh, you yeah, said it to me. <laughs> So, oh dear. But yeah, these uh, little recaps are always just for you, Nate. Yes. So, Deliver Us From Evil was directed by Scott Derrickson in 2014. He also directed The Exorcism of Emily Rose. Oh. The film opens up with three Marines finding a cave, a cavern, you know, whichever word you like best, in the Diala province of Iraq in 2010. The men start to scream and then their helmet feed goes black. So it suggests that what they found wasn't, you know, some hidden pirate <laughs> treasure.
0: Wasn't polite. <laughs> so,
1: <laughs> in the next scene, we travel forward to 2013. And this is our first introduction to NYPD Special Operations Sergeant Ralph Sarchi. I think that's how you pronounce his surname, because I, too, have a very terrible memory <laughs> and can't remember. So... And he's played by Eric Banner, um, who I think he was one of the Hulks, Eric Banner, before Ed Norton.
0: Uh, yeah, all right. Okay.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we see uh, Saatchi and his partner Butler, who is played by Joe McHale, which I've literally never seen him in anything other than the um, catch-up with the Tiger King people. He was the, the host. That's yeah, the only thing I've seen him in.
0: He was in community. He's been in a lot of like sitcom stuff.
1: That's probably why I have not seen him. So over the radio, they hear a call about a domestic disturbance. Um, there's a running theme throughout the film that Sarchi has this like internal radar of when uh, he knows it's going to be like a juicy case and Butler comments on it quite a few times. Like, is this the radar? Awesome. Mm-hmm. So when um, it mentions that the home is of an army vet, Sachi immediately wants to take the call. When they arrive, they encounter a guy called Jimmy Trattner. Um It looks like he and his wife had a fight, but he's insisting that she's okay. But when she lifts her head up to talk to the police officers, it's clear that she's been beaten up, like badly beaten. They go to arrest Tratner, but he resists and brandishes a knife because he's a coward. Uh, and he flees the home on foot. Saatchi follows him so he can make the arrest, which he does, but he is injured in the process. He gets stabbed in the arm. When Tratner is restrained, um, Saatchi notices that the guy's nails are all cracked and bleeding, which makes him think that this guy could be mentally ill or high. The next call takes them to the Bronx Zoo, as a woman has reportedly thrown her toddler into the moat surrounding the lion enclosure, which is you know, a bit cruel, smidge, smidge. When they find the woman, she's scraping something into the floor and reciting the lyrics to the door song, Break On Through To The Other Side.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And that film kind of travels with the viewer throughout.
0: Yeah, this is coming back to me now, because in the enclosure, they see the hooded gentleman just... Yes. Yeah, you're going to get onto that in a minute, I'm guessing. (laughs) <laughs> yeah I remember that bit okay go on <laughs> so
1: Sachi sees the guy that's in the enclosure he looks like he's painting something mm-hmm. he he himself goes into the enclosure to try and uh talk to the guy but he runs off and Sachi's almost killed by lions mm. um which I think this whole scene is a don't get too close to lions yeah moment. just uh,
0: just don't go in, in, in the mm. yeah in the enclosure or just yeah. don't have them in captivity but you know, whatever. Because yeah, um, yeah. Isn't, sc- <laughs> isn't that the scene where the gate is closed and then as he gets up to the guy, the gate opens and the lions yes. come out of their little, I don't know, yeah. lion house.
1: Lion house. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't know what you call it.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit more animal House <laughs> makes me think, like, it could be, like, the Adams family of lions. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So the woman, whose uh, name's Jane Crenner, is arrested. But once they get to the precinct, it's clear that something isn't altogether well about this woman. So trans- yeah. throwing, a,
0: throwing a baby in a lion moat is is pretty yeah. screwed on. I'm so surprised they caught that.
1: It will have people question your uh, your mental <laughs> faculties. Uh, but it's, this is America, so it might have gone unnoticed. Hmm. They're a shoot first kind of nation. <laughs> So the the woman is transferred from a holding to a mental health facility, and this is when we're introduced to um, Father Mendoza, who is a Jesuit. I can never say this word, Jesuit priest. Jesuit.
0: I believe Jesuit um, is the Americanism, isn't it? So I think towards it will probably be Jesuit. And Jes- Jes- or maybe it's French Jesuit.
1: Well, this is the only time I'll have to say it, so. We'll go for that. Uh, And he's played by the absolutely gorgeous Edgar Ramirez. Nom, 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 nom. So he arrives and asks the officers about what Jane was doing at the zoo. And then we cut to another domestic disturbance. (laughs) What a fucking stupid question. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he was asking, like, for details about her behaviour. So... What was she scraping onto the floor? What did she say? That kind of thing. Oh, okay.
0: What was she doing while at the the zoo? Not what was she doing at the zoo? I'm taking a fucking pottery course, mate. What (laughs) the fuck do you think? (laughs) Uh,
1: So another domestic disturbance comes through. And for some reason, the mention of doors makes Sarchie want to take it. So he and Butler arrive uh, to find a family who are all terrified, they explain that they've been staying in the living room of the house because strange things have been going on elsewhere. Apparently, there's one area that bulbs burn out immediately and candles won't stay aflame,
0: mm-hmm.
1: which is pretty spoopy. <laughs> uh, the family also explains that there were some painters working in the basement, and that's where most of the strangeness has been happening. Mm-hmm. So Sarchi decides to go down into the basement to see if he can see anything. And he does. He finds the body of one of the painters who's called David Griggs. Mm-hmm. They go to Griggs' apartment and they find the place overrun with cockroaches and refuse, which sounds like a delightful place to be. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. They also find business cards for the Alphonsus Painting Company, as well as a photo of Griggs with Jane and the toddler, suggesting they're a family. Mm-hmm. Um, and in another photo, they find Griggs, who's wearing a Marines uniform, stood with Tratner, and a guy called Mick Santino. Uh, Santino being the man that Sarchi saw at the zoo. Yeah. So immediately your mind travels back to the beginning of the film uh-huh. with the three Marines that go into the cabin. Yes. So it's got a very structured narrative. Yeah. Um, they return to the precinct and Mendoza wants to see the surveillance tapes of Jane at the zoo. Uh-huh. And this is the first mention of possession, uh, which is obviously received with scepticism by the police officers.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but when he reviews the footage with his partner, Butler, he can hear things and see things that his partner can't.
0: Yeah, I seem to remember that, yeah.
1: Hmm.
0: It, it, doesn't it start with a voice or...?
1: or? I can't remember. I thought I it started know. with the um, hallucinations before the auditory hallucinations. Uh, so Saatchi returns to Trattner's house and goes into the office something draws him there mm-hmm. he notices that a wall was being painted so he starts to scrape away the fresh paint he finds a pictograph of an owl um, which by itself isn't ominous it could have been an old design that they were just trying to get rid of mm-hmm. but the film immediately pans to Sachi's daughter who's lay in bed as a stuffed owl stares at her from a shelf in her mm-hmm. room. Mm-hmm. She's awakened by very strange noises and becomes very frightened. And then we immediately go back to Trattner's, uh, where Sachi's scraping more paint away to uncover um, a mix of Latin and more pictographs. Mm-hmm. I can't remember what these pictographs were, though. So fill it in with whatever you like horses, <laughs> elephants.
0: <laughs> a normal hieroglyphics.
1: Yeah. Um Sarchi also finds a hard drive that contains footage from Tratna's deployment, and he watches the full footage from the cavern in Diala and sees that the soldiers were carving the same message um in the on the cavern walls that was on Tratna's walls so that's obviously another spoopy moment, so this makes him want to return to the uh, scene of the other domestic disturbance call they got. Uh, the family who are frightened. He heads straight to the basement where he find where he found the body of Greg's, and he starts to scrape away the paint from the wall down there as well. And it's the same message. Um, and he realizes it was the same message that Santino was painting on the wall of the lion enclosure.
0: Yeah. Uh-huh.
1: So at this point, he actually, starts to think, oh, maybe this demonic possession has some weight to it. <laughs> um, couldn't possibly be like. Mental illness or PTSD, definitely, definitely possession. <laughs> so Sachi accompanies Mendoza to see Jane in the hospital so he can show her these messages and see if she can shine any light onto what it says. But instead of answering him, she bites his wounded arm, so the arm that he was stabbed on, uh, which I imagine wasn't very pleasant. No. Mendoza says that the message is somewhat of a bridge between Christian and pagan theology. Um, This mix could allow demons a door into the human world. uh, And that door is through, through people. Um, He says that some people are more susceptible than others, which is why Saatchi can hear and see things that his partner can't, can't because Mm -hmm. he, this is, Intuition, this like inner radar, mm-hmm. is actually a sign that he's also vulnerable to being a yeah. door for these demons.
0: Yeah, well, that makes it's- sense as far as the like, as far as the 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 narrative. Uh, I, I don't know how true it is to the real life events, but that mm. in itself is, as as we've talked about countless times, um, is uh, sort of reminiscent of of yeah. real life. It, it, it carries weight.
1: Yeah, I would say that it's probably a plot device to um, move the story on rather mm-hmm. than based on the real Ralph Sarchi. but we'll come to that. We'll come to that in a moment. So Mendoza accompanies Sarchi to an apartment building. They're attacked by Santino and Trattner. Mendoza manages to subdue Trattner with his cross, gives him a little bit of the old getway, Jesus will get you. <laughs> um, but Santino attacks and kills Butler back at Sachi's home his daughter is awoken again and it, the stuffed owl actually falls off the shelf and starts to move towards her. Mm-hmm. which would more than likely scare the shit out of you if you're a little girl
0: it, I, if, it, if you were me that would like, <laughs> turn the yeah, a little girl in that
1: moment tiny spiders also do that to you though So, uh,
0: 100% exactly yeah <laughs>
1: So she she flees her bedroom as you would, and when she goes into the hallway, she runs into Santino. He's there. Mm. When Saatchi arrives home, he finds Santino in the living room, who warns him that he's abducted his wife and child. Um and I think it's very good um in like the the writing of the film that <laughs> Sachi didn't just punch him in the face <laughs> mm.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: because if I was in that situation and someone had just taken my dog, I would be um, clawing their eyes out, I think. Mm. Yeah. But that's just me. So they take him to the precinct. They do a little exorcism on him. Um, the scene gets very flashy, very Hollywood, lots of um, screaming religious mm-hmm bits and bobs um and i think they managed to expel the demon from him the cops family are found in that alphonsus painting company's property Mm -hmm. and then the film ends with um sachi holding his newborn child and mendoza is baptizing him
0: Mm
1: -hmm. so that's a Nice title with the bow.
0: Yeah, a bit of character development there from a from a because he was a non believer, wasn't it, in the in the earlier.
1: He was a non believer I think what they tried to convey was he'd lost connection to his faith.
0: Oh, that was it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it wasn't he and... was a non believer, it's that he'd been he'd become disillusioned with it and this sort of
1: yeah. him back in. And to in. be honest, um the precinct that the real Ralph Saatchi worked in mm-hmm. has some of the highest like, homicide rates, uh, highest like, violent crime rates in New York. So I think it would be quite easy to lose. It would take a faith. toll on
0: your belief, wouldn't it? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, so I'm interested so- to hear about the, the real life events then, because I, I, I recall now you've now you've now we've sort of recapped the film i can remember it quite clearly um and i can remember at the very end of the film they gave you like a bit of a a, a bit of a look at the at the real events and a, a bit of a, a yeah. glimpse at like real reports and shit like that um yeah so i seem to remember us having a quick look over it and going oh that's interesting and then just never mm. doing anything about it again so i'm 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 definitely interested to hear to hear how they looked
1: so, according to the director, the film is based on true events, which are outlined in the 2001 book "Beware the Night," written by Ralph Sarchi and a woman called Lisa Collier Cool.
0: Um, was she in any way linked to the case, or is she like a not a no, ghostwriter? What's it called? Uh, uh,
1: a, a co-writer, I think. Yeah. Um, just to make it all neat and tidy.
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: When the film was marketed. And at the end of the film, when it gives you that little Mm
0: -hmm. uh,
1: excerpt about Ralph, it says that it's based on actual accounts. However, Derrickson himself has admitted that the plot is largely an original piece written by himself. Okay. Um, He said in an interview with um, Complex, it's the real Saatchi how he thinks, how he talks, what he does and how he's changed as a person as a re- result of the stuff that he does. But the main storyline is fictional and I had to do that in order to make it work as a movie.
0: Mm-hmm. Which you find a lot, which is which is totally yeah. fair. Because real yeah. life events aren't often interesting enough to directly transpose into, into media. <laughs> it's very, mm, very yeah. rare that you have...
1: And I think with this particular book, because it's not one linear story
0: yeah
1: it would be very hard to make a film that is completely true to the book
0: yeah so this this book written by or uh, written with Saatchi is that basically his recounting of his career rather than just that one case okay yeah
1: so it's it's several cases rather than just the one so I think Derrickson kind of took elements of different ones to make it into this structured narrative okay, that so has I'll flash it
0: out a bit.
1: Yeah, that has like a, a clear beginning, middle, and end, and it's okay, tied up sense. nicely with a bow. Hmm.
0: Um,
1: so I should give you a little excerpt from the book synopsis because it's very dramatic. <laughs> In Beware the Night, he takes readers into the very hierarchy of hell on earth to expose the grisly rituals of a parlo miambi priest a young girl whose innocence is violated by an incubus a home invaded by the malevolent spirit of a supposedly murdered 19th century bride the dark side of a couple who were literally neighbors from hell and more ralph sarty's nypd revelations are a powerful and disturbing documented link between the true crime realities of life and the blood chilling ice grip of a supernatural terror
0: Well, that
1: is
0: quite dramatic.
1: It's very dramatic. So those are all different cases that's covered in the book. I think there's five, I think, Mm -hmm. if memory serves. So as we've established, Sarchi is a real person. He was a sergeant in the NYPD. He worked at the 46th Precinct in the Bronx. Uh, He was there for 16 years before he retired. And during that time, he made over 300 arrests, received seven medals and claims to have assisted in 25 exorcisms. Wow. Yeah. What a, what a career.
0: Hmm.
1: Um, so now that he is retired, he spends his time working as a demonologist, investigating haunted houses and demonic possessions. I did read the book or rather mm-hmm. I listened to it. Um, In the book, he kind of positions himself as this stereotypical tough guy, but with a heart of gold kind of cop. Mm -hmm. Um, And then added in a little dash of Keanu Reeves Constantine.
0: Mm. Um, Yeah.
1: So it's, it's a weird combo. He says that his family are very accepting of his little side hustle and they view it as a divine calling rather than an odd quirk. Um, his mother, Lillian, said that he had a severe illness when he was about 10 months old and could have died. But she believes that God intervened to save him. And in her eyes, that meant he was meant for some divine purpose. Mm-hmm. She says, why would you keep him alive otherwise? Saatchi himself is very anti-science when it comes to demonology. Mm-hmm. Um, he objects quite a few times in the book about the way parapsychologists approach hauntings lambasting them for using technology rather than the traditional tools of holy water and relics
0: it's very rare that a parasy- a, par- a parapsychologist is called out for not being for being too scientific i know that's right that's, <laughs> I know. that's 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 something wow
1: I know, that must like really validate them. They said we're (laughs) (laughs) sciencey. So just like the on-screen Sarchie, the real one had also lost touch with his faith when he was growing up. Um, He reconnected after he married his now ex-wife and after the birth of his first child. Interestingly, in 1990, he picked up a copy of Satan's Harvest, who was written by...
0: I have a fucking clue.
1: I thought you'd know this. No. It was written by the Warrens. It was written by Ed and Lorraine.
0: Oh, okay. No, I. Uh, they've no. I'm, I'm terribly sorry. They've, they've written a lot of. That's fine. I,
1: well, Sachi claims that once he'd read the book, he was ready to do what he called God's work. Um, and this is. There's going to be an ongoing theme here for me of bits that were missed out of the film that could have really helped. Um. To I suppose round off Saatchi's character mm. because when I was reading the book, the overall feeling I got was the man was more interesting than what he does. If that makes sense,
0: yeah, yeah. Whereas in the in the film, he was a little bit sort of one dimensional.
1: Yeah, definitely. Mm. Um, so he he actually was mentored by the Warrens for a time, and that was never mentioned. No, that's that's fascinating. I know. So after he'd read Satan's Harvest, he found the contact details for Ed and Lorraine and called them. And he spoke to Lorraine and was gushing about how much he loved the book. Um, And then they realized that they only lived two blocks away from each other. Both of them believe that it could not have been a coincidence and they were destined to work together. Hmm. Of course. Uh, They did end up going to work on cases together um, and Saatchi attended every seminar that the Warrens put on in his local area. Um, with the Warrens' blessing, Saatchi founded the New York City Chapter of the New England Society for Psychic Research, which was an organisation founded by the Warrens.
0: Yeah, we talked about that in Annabelle, didn't yeah. we? They founded that in the 50s. It's now run by um, Tony Spearer, is it? Sp- Spar- yeah. Spearer? Um Yeah. He... Do you think
1: it's crazy how they, they've just missed that out completely?
0: That is absolutely fucking insane, yeah. Because uh, why would you not, unless it uh, unless it's something to do with rights? Because when we talked about Annabelle, the the and again, I can't, I still can't remember the the exact way around that it goes. But mm. uh, someone or, or or well, not someone, some organization has the rights. It might be Warner Brothers has the rights to certain Ed and Lorraine Warren cases. So, like for yeah. example, they might have they might have that um, uh, they might have the rights to the Amityville Horror. They don't, however, mm. have the rights to the Enfield Haunting, which is why the 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 Conjuring Two was so different from what actually happened at Enfield. Yeah, again, I can't remember the exact way around that it goes, but it might be something to do with that.
1: But if he mentioned them in his book and he sold the rights to his book, then that's a part of the story. I can't imagine somewhere the names Ed and Lorraine and Warren have been copyrighted. And I think it would have been such a like a, an Easter egg for horror fans. It would have been a nice...
0: True. It would have... Um, um, but would it have really added anything to the story? Um, I
1: don't think it would have added anything the way the film was told, probably it was, not. Yeah,
0: they, they would need to lay it out very differently, wouldn't they, but...
1: Yeah, they would have yeah. to show, I suppose, a more... Um, and I'm saying this with air quotes, accurate depiction of who Ralph is, um, yeah, but that a, wasn't the story they wanted us to tell. So
0: Yeah, either way, it's a massive omission, definitely.
1: Mm. Uh, in the book, when he explains why he combined police work with demonology, he says, the truth is that I like to help people. As a committed Christian, I have different missions to bust the devil and his demons. And he claims to carry a splinter of the true cross, which, if you don't know, is supposedly uh, the cross Jesus was crucified on. How many Um, people
0: on Earth claim to have a splinter of the the real cross?
1: It was a big cross.
0: Well, it would fucking have to be.
1: (laughs) According to Saatchi, the work he and his partner in divine, Mark Stabinski, do is all free of charge. Um, he claims that helping people isn't a career for him and his um, his buddy. It's a spiritual calling. Something that I find quite telling is that he repeats this, we don't charge, we don't charge, um, throughout the book. And when he has given interviews, he really likes to underscore this. Mm-hmm. Um, I found a piece written in Vice where there was no byline as such the the line he never once charged for his work was just in bold and it led the article. Really? Um and I think it's because he was forced to admit that he was able to buy a house on Long Island outright for the money he got for selling the movie rights for Beware the Night.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So he wanted to be like, I was able to do that because of the film I would never charge. I'm a good guy.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I don't even know how you would work out what the bill for expelling a demon is.
0: Yeah, well I suppose you can't really you probably charge just like labour. You basically charge the <laughs> charge by the hour.
1: Maybe, maybe. Or it'd be like um Oh, what are those guys called that come and bailiffs demonic bailiffs?
0: Yeah, uh yeah, you could call it Can't Pray, We'll Take It Away. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that was Oh terrible. God,
1: we're, like, we're taking possession of this person.
0: <laughs> oh, um, for those not in the UK, um, the, the actual TV show is Can't Pay, We'll Take It Away. And it's essentially yeah. like, it's, it's basically watching Repo man on TV, which is incredibly, mm-hmm. desp- it's depressing, but it, it, it is, it, it, it's it is. entertaining. It's weirdly entertaining.
1: Can't pray, will take it away is something I would watch though. Yeah, mm.
0: yeah, me too. Yeah. Um,
1: ironically, despite Saatchi claiming that he and his partner have never ever sought publicity,
0: oh, no, of course he not,
1: no. has re- written a book and sold the movie rights. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm not really sure if that claim is correct. <laughs> um, the character of Father Mendoza isn't based on just one person. It's based on two people um, who became somewhat of mentors to Sachi, and are, are well known in their own right in this um, industry. We'll call it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so um, the first is Bishop Robert McKenna. He is a Connecticut based. He is a Connecticut based holy man who's featured in the Twentieth Century Fox. Made for TV movie, The Haunted, which was based on the Smurl Haunting. Smurl. Smurl, yeah, not Smurf, is it- which is what I kept thinking it yeah, was. Yeah,
0: that was literally. He's like, is, is that like the, the Smurfs' like working men's club? What's what's
1: the- <laughs> Uh The Smurl Haunting is a couple, Jack and Janie Smurl, oh, okay. who That's alleged a terrible name. I know. I would have changed that. Mm. I would have changed it to Smurf though, probably. <laughs> Why not? go all in. Uh, they alleged that a demon inhabited their home between 1974 and 1989. And the way they were talking about it and how upset they were, I bet he wasn't paying rent. Um, they gained quite a lot of national press press coverage. Uh, and several teams of demonologists came out to investigate their claims. Uh, Bishop McKenna was one of them. The other mentor was Father Malachi Martin who penned the 1976 book Hostage to the Devil which covered five possessions and exorcisms that happened in America. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure there is a documentary of the same name on Netflix and Ralph Sarchi appears in that.
0: Okay. Um, I do well. recognise recognize the name Malachi Martin I think from I don't know if it was a docu-series or what but there he wrote the the, Je- the Je- Jesuits. He-, he wrote the book, the Jesuits, and that I seem to remember coming into something I was mm. watching or-, or listening to. um But
1: yeah, he gives me the heebie-jeebies, and I don't know if it's because he's really old or a Catholic, but I don't know something about it makes me go little.
0: He has got one of those faces though that kind of that does make you shudder a little bit. It's a little bit like Art Bell, like Art Bell. You know, I'm sure he was a great guy, Art Bell, as in <laughs> coast-to-coast radio guy, but he looks really creepy as well, and I don't know what it is.
1: I don't know. I don't know what it is that'll nurse me out him, but I just, mm-hmm. I don't trust him. So the book that Saatchi's written, it's very disembodied and disorganised. It mm-hmm. doesn't have that um, that nice, clear... Flow that like, delivers from evil has. Okay. Um, it constantly flips between like his life on the force and then the demonic underbelly of New York. Mm-hmm. Um, Sachi also makes these really strange sides where he takes you out of a possession and then into some everyday on the beat kind of stuff.
0: Okay.
1: Like, for example, in one story, he stops to tell the reader about a time he arrested a human criminal with a little persuasion from his nine millimetre semi-automatic. And it just seems a very odd detail to include because it doesn't have any relation to the possession he talks about.
0: Yeah, that's a really bizarre thing. to.
1: It It makes me feel like he's added that in to come across as macho. Yeah. Which... It might do for some people; doesn't do for me. It just—it
0: just, under, just undermines—it it, it sort of undermines his validity a little bit more than anything.
1: It does. It does.
0: So yeah, I'm, I'm talking about this this spooky stuff, but also I one shot a guy. Huh. Anyway, <laughs> back to the spooky things. That, that just—that's yeah.
1: You know I mean, that's, that's yeah. Weird. I just—I don't know why he does it, I and mean, it just no. breaks. It breaks the the spell that. Yeah. That obsession has you under a weird weird. writing style. The first case he talks about is called Halloween Horror. And that tells the story of Dominic and Gabby Villanova, who claim that they'd been harassed by a demon. Mm -hmm. Um, According to Gabby, she'd seen a woman standing in a cloud of white smoke in her bedroom. Uh, Her husband couldn't see anything, but he says that the demon started to communicate via his wife. The tale becomes somewhat convoluted when Sarchi introduces Ruth, who's a friend of Gabby, mm-hmm. and apparently she's also being used by the demon.
0: Okay. Uh,
1: Gabby also claims to have seen her dead father, and that claim is echoed by their five-year-old son. Sarchi says that inside the home, books were being thrown around and weird animalistic noises are coming from the basement, which is similar to the mm-hmm. basement thing in the movie. Mm-hmm. He also says that the family describe seeing a furry creature, and he interprets that as being an incubus that has designs on raping the daughter, Luciana. Okay. Gabby eventually becomes possessed by the demon, um, and Sarchi is able to rid her of that. And he describes uh, himself as being in the presence of one of Hell's most dangerous devils.
0: Uh, okay, you're right. This is getting convoluted. <laughs>
1: Exactly. So nowhere in the book does Sachi provide like adequate explanations or evidence to back up anything he says.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> so it does at times read like fiction. Yeah. For example, he claims that the demon appeared in smoke because these ungodly creatures always give themselves away with some abnormality of appearance. Um, He also says that only Gabby could see the demon because it wanted to sow the seeds of panic, confusion, self-doubt so that everyone around her would think she was crazy rather than telling the truth. Um, The inconsistencies that pepper the story are also a fault of the demon, according to Saatchi. He says (laughs) lying spirits will mix just enough fact with their disingenuous fictions to keep their victims hooked which kind Hmm. of sounds like what he's doing. (laughs) Uh, He outright refuses to entertain that the paranormal events he is describing could have more mundane explanations like mental illness, periods of psychosis, or just hoaxes. They're all real. According to him, there isn't much video footage available of him practicing his craft Which, again, means it's very hard to view his tales through an objective lens.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, Because there's, I don't know about you, but when I'm reading about these things, there's that cynical voice in the back of my head being like, well, this doesn't seem right. Mm. Uh There's something not right. Yeah. Uh, There was a short, again, air quotes, documentary that doubled as PR for the film. But it still doesn't show enough solid evidence to support Sarch's claims that he's exercising demons. It could very well be that he's strapping mentally ill people to chairs and shouting a load of Latin at them.
0: Yeah, he certainly wouldn't be the first person in history to to
1: do that. No, definitely not. In the video, uh, we see him enter a room and he's armed with medallions, holy water and a cross. And he is ready to help a couple that claim to have witnessed demonic activity. He just claims that this possession has happened without offering any insight or explanation. Mm-hmm. Again, going back to his intuition, he said, my heart started to race. It was palpitating. And I got this pain right here in my temple. And I get that when I'm in the presence of evil. Like, do we just uh, believe you straight away? Like
0: Yeah, is he fucking Harry Potter? No, I
1: know. The documentary also contains footage of an exorcism he claims that happened in 92. The viewer sees a woman strapped to a chair. She's screaming and she's spitting at the men surrounding her. And once again, there's no conclusive evidence here. It's just Sarchi saying this woman's possessed.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: The um, actors Eric Banner and Olivia Munn, who played... Ralph Saatchi and Jennifer Saatchi in the film were permitted to watch old police tapes of uh, what's described as real exorcisms from Saatchi's personal archives. Mun said that she could only manage to watch a small part uh, because what she saw really bothered her. Mm -hmm. She said, okay, I only watched one part before I turned it off because it really freaked me out. So I'm looking at a guy and he's sitting there and it's grainy black and white, but it's the real tape And you're seeing this guy and he's sitting there in a straight jacket and he's shaking and he's got this otherworldly look in his eyes. Uh, She goes on to say that his forehead split open without anybody causing him injury. And then he starts to drool. But when the drool hits his jacket, it turns into blood. And at that point, she switched off the tape. She couldn't watch any more of it.
0: Um, Uh, Yeah, okay.
1: But again, like these are his tapes and therefore they could just be... um, lies
0: yeah yeah it
1: could be actors
0: yeah really weird
1: so when discussing the authenticity of the film Saatchi doesn't hold back he said Scott took a lot of elements of my cases and put them in a different context than what I originally wrote about Mm -hmm. he took several liberties with certain aspects so for example the existence of the stuffed owl that seems to be possessed that came directly from the mind of the director uh, Derrickson,
0: okay, and
1: he, he claims that he has loads of kids, and they had a mountain of toys. And he felt that if they saw one of them come to life or start making strange noises, that would be very upsetting. Which I agree with.
0: Hmm. Yeah.
1: <laughs> the character Mixantino, uh, the possessed veteran, who was exercised at the end of the film, mm-hmm. he was made up entirely for the film. Certain elements came from the cases that were covered in the book, but they were exaggerated for entertainment purposes. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Sarchi claims to have performed an exorcism on a man whose head did split open, like uh, Olivia Munn described, but it wasn't as extreme as what happens to Santino during his exorcism. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you remember it, but there's like blood and goo all over him. Uh, Sachi now hosts a TV show called The Demon Files which sees him working with a team of paranormal investigators that fight demons that are possessing people's homes so it seems that he's well and truly turned away from the dark and into the light of Hollywood mm. like he's accepting all paying gigs because remember he doesn't charge
0: <laughs> yeah I, I I find it hard to have respect for people like that, I don't know that sounds really harsh but it, it just don't just don't bullshit like no you, you know it, it, it just you, you can you can be into you can be into what you're doing and still charging for mm. the service like that's, yeah yeah like, I, it's
1: I um i think it doesn't make you a better person that you're not charging no for the service. it doesn't
0: it just makes you a douchebag when people find out that you were charging the whole fucking time
1: yeah uh Sachi says he's got no plans to stop doing God's work, adding that as long as God it's wants too me to do Why it? Yeah, <laughs> I know. He's getting paid. He said, as long as God wants me to do it, I'll continue to do it. And he'll let me know if he wants me to stop.
0: Then what's he gonna do about his contracts with the various TV companies and whomever else?
1: Exactly. So when we finished watching the film originally, I was like, oh, that's quite a decent horror. Mm but comparing it against his book and who Ralph Saatchi is as a person, I think the film would have been far more interesting if they focused on the Ralph himself and yeah. how he goes about his business like,
0: it would have been interesting but the character wouldn't have been in any way likeable because the real Ralph Saatchi sounds like a bit of a fucking douchebag to be honest
1: yeah, yeah he uh, he and his wife Jennifer divorced, and he does admit that his demonic possession activity kind of got in the way of his marriage a little bit. Oh, of course, so it's she, not the he's a dickhead. Right. No, I bet she has some tea to spill. Hmm. But I think it would have been more interesting. Do you know that film we watched? Was it you watched it with? Where the there was a guy who was doing um, exorcisms on camera for an audience.
0: Mm, Yeah. It was. Yeah
1: and it was all fake. Yes. I think it would have been a far more interesting film had they gone from that angle and actually done some mm. investigation into his practices and to see if there's anyone out there who could say, oh yeah, he stopped, um, he got rid of a demon for me.
0: <laughs> yeah, I suppose the, the film, it, it, it tells of, like when we said, like when we were talking about, about Veronica and it shows you the run up to the the... Uh, the well, it, it shows you the the run up to the real events, if that makes sense. So it, mm-hmm. it, the the real events actually started. The the real scary events started after Veronica's death. So yeah. it's a similar sort of thing here. It tells you the start of, it, you know, the, the 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 making of of, of, of Ralph. Um, Good and, old Ralphie boy. Yeah, and <laughs> uh, yeah, the I I, I I can't imagine there'll be a sequel. Because um, it no. wasn't that good. But <laughs> no. I
1: just I think it's also telling that Derrickson didn't decide to adapt one of the cases that Saatchi had outlined in the book. He decided mm. to take elements from a few of them and turn that into his original screenplay. And I yeah. think it's because they're not very well written.
0: <laughs> no, no. Um, they're really
1: not. Uh, a little interesting tidbit I told you at the beginning, Derrickson went on to direct The Exorcism of Emily Rose. Yeah. He only became aware of that case because Saatchi gave him a copy of the book. So he has a little connection there.
0: Hmm.
1: I would love to see something about, like, the tales of the Warrens and Saatchi. I feel like yeah. it would be some Scooby-Doo-esque shit.
0: Yeah, I mean, sadly, the Warrens aren't in a position to write it there currently, Um, but...
1: Do you know what they should be able to do it from beyond the grave? Mm, I expected I like that. more from that's them. True.
0: Yeah, that's true. Um, but yeah, it's all down to it's all down to Captain Douchebag. It's all down to Captain God's work.
1: Get that <laughs> shit
0: written.
1: He has a divine mission.
0: Good. It's a
1: great excuse, though, isn't it? Um, when people question what you're up to, I'm doing God's work.
0: Yeah, it's just. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, I have my own my own uh, reservations with with bullshit statements like that. Honestly. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. But who, who am I to say that that you you know that you you're not being called upon by some divine being? Um, I just uh, personally don't
1: believe see it. you.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. To, to to put it bluntly, yeah.
1: I would say that uh, Asachi himself is definitely a true believer. He really comes across as somebody who is maybe not entirely honest, but is honest about his beliefs. Well, yeah,
0: but there's a difference between... So, so, my, my issue with it, my, I, I don't take issue with the belief element because believe whatever mm. the fuck you want. My, I take issue with the willful ignorance of just being able to, of just, of just saying, nope, there is absolutely no way on earth that this is a, 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 a normal, it's uh, so something that can be explained away by something completely normal. I, mm. I, I just, I, I, I can't tolerate just, just, just the ignorance to, to the point of completely denying any, any reasonable explanation. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's just, it's, yeah.
1: It, it's almost like he relies on very archaic beliefs when it comes to possessions. That, you know, it, it couldn't possibly be mental illness or psychosis. It has to be something supernatural.
0: Mm. Um, it's a very, which, very dangerous way of looking at it as well. And I think that's yeah. another reason I don't have any respect for it, because it, it, mm. it's as though... It, it, imagine if we still treated mental illness by burning people as witches. Like, yeah. it, it it is exactly the same dangerous ideology that held mm. us back for hundreds of years.
1: I think as well, exorcisms, people can get hurt. Oh, yeah. If you look at the exorcism of Emily Rose's example, she okay. died. Mm. Uh, so to ignore... Uh, more medical causes for somebody's behavior is to then place them in danger. And I think that's unforgivable, particularly Mm. with people who are vulnerable.
0: A hundred percent. Yeah. And and like I say, I think that's, yeah, that, that, that's, that, that goes hand in hand with it. When I talk about willful ignorance, that is just, Mm. it it, it is, it is just dangerous. So it's uh,
1: yeah. Mm. I just thought it was really, really interesting. The guy, the Eric Banners Ralph is definitely a more likable one than Ralph in real life.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's movies and
1: movies and stuff.
0: How do we end the show? I forgot. <laughs> um, so thank you for uh, for listening. That is uh, the end of uh, what was it? Deliver us from evil evil I, I thought it was devil deliver deliver,
1: deliver us from evil
0: deliver the, the devil 30 minutes or no more.
1: don't deliver the devil For 30
0: <laughs> minutes so your, your devil is free oh that reminds me I was um, I had a look while we were while we were talking there to see if you could get a, a shard of the the real life crucifix uh, on eBay and um, sad to say you can't there's no no listings um,
1: maybe check facebook marketplace
0: hmm yeah <laughs> i hadn't thought about that well um but thank you yes for uh, listening if you uh, enjoyed that if you'd like to head to follow us or um why can't i do the the thing um do go on the go on the social medias and if you search at spookerpod on instagram and the one with the bird you will find us there if you search Spooker natural on shit facebook you yes, will find us well there uh email is at uh, no it's not at it's spooker pod <laughs> at gmail <laughs> at gmail.com. um if you can see it in your heart to so go on and give us five stars give us a rate and review say anything you want um um, 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 um we offer our respects to everything um
1: to everything and everyone that could ever be offended,
0: <laughs> um, and especially to our boy RTD. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's it.
1: Oh, the exception is my sister, I like offending her.
0: <laughs> uh, well, if I've not forgotten anything, then we'll call it a day.
1: We will indeed. Bye.
0: See you.